Amen. Our opening text will be Matthew chapter 15, okay, well, verses 32 through 39 when we start. And again, tonight we're going to be looking, last week we'd look at the example of uh, men ought always to pray, different characters, Bible characters last week, and I mentioned that in a minute, but tonight we're looking at the example of Jesus, men ought always to pray, the example of Jesus. There was this preacher in his Sunday sermon, he used forgive your enemies as a topic, as a subject. After a long sermon, he asked how many were willing to forgive their enemies. About half held up their hands. Not satisfied, he harangued for another 20 minutes and repeated his question. That's that's the way Baptist preachers are, okay? This time he received a response of 80%. Still unsatisfied, he lectured for 15 more minutes and repeated his question with all thoughts. Now on Sunday dinner, all responded except one elderly lady in the rear. Mrs. Jones, you're not willing to forgive your enemies? And she said, I don't have any. Mrs. Jones, that's very unusual. How old are you? 93. Mrs. Jones, please come down the front and tell the congregation how a person can live to be 93 and not have an enemy in the world. The little sweetheart of the lady teetered down the aisle very slowly and turned around and said, it's easy, I just outlived them all. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I love that, you know. Was that that saying, time heals all wounds? (laughs) Okay. I can't remember if I read this or not. If I did, I'm sorry. It's just one of those nights, okay? A United States Marine was attending some college courses between assignments. He had completed missions in Iraq and Afghanistan. One of the courses had a professor who, who was an avowed atheist and a member of the ACLU. They have infiltrated the college campuses Islamic teachers have infiltrated the college campuses. That's why you're having these uh, stuff, the stuff that's going on in our colleges. One of the courses, I said, had, had an atheist and member of the ACLU. One day the professor shocked the class when he came in, looked at the ceiling and flatly stated, God, if you're real, then I want you to knock me off this platform. I'll give you exactly 15 minutes. The lecture room fell silent. You could hear a pin drop. Ten minutes went by and the professor proclaimed, Here am I, God. I'm still waiting. It got down to the last couple of minutes when Noreen got out of his chair, went up to the professor and cold cocked him, knocking him off the platform. The professor was out cold. Noreen went back to his seat and sat there silently. The other students were shocked and stunned and sat there looking on in silence. The professor eventually came came to, noticeably shaken, and looked at the Marine and asked, What the heck's the matter with you? Why'd you do that? And the Marine calmly replied, God was too busy today protecting America's soldiers who are protecting your right to say stupid stuff and act like an idiot. So So he sent me. Amen. Okay. God moves in mysterious ways. 
He may use you to take a challenge. He may use you as an example of what not to do. I know that. <laughs> but God will use you if you're willing. Okay. Matthew 15. Heavenly Father, we ask now, Lord, to speak to our hearts. Father, help us to learn, Father, from our Savior. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, Be ye followers of me as I am of Christ. And Lord, the goal of every believer should be to be a follower of their Savior. And Lord, help us to learn from who he is and what he did, Father. And help us to have thankful hearts before our Heavenly Father. Matthew 15, verse 32. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. And his disciples say unto him, Whence should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill a great multitude? I always love this, okay, because I'm not going into it, but he'd already fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. That's 5,000 men plus women and children. This is the law of second blessing. When you don't pay attention to what God's trying to teach you, it'll take more to do less with less left over. But that's not the message tonight, okay? I just want you to know that. So listen to God and understand and look for the truth from him the first time. And Jesus said to them, how many loaves have ye? And they said, seven and a few, fish, a few little fishes. See, two more loaves and a few is more than two. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and brake them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. And they that did eat were 4,000 men besides women and children. And again, this is our seventh message in this series on Men Ought Always to Pray. And last week we looked at some biblical examples. We looked at blind Bartimaeus and the need for faith when we pray. And tonight we're going to learn from the example of Jesus Christ. Opening text, the account says the feeding of the 4,000. In verse 36 it says, He took the seven loaves and the fishes and then the first thing he did was what? Give thanks. He gave thanks. You find the parallel account in Mark chapter 8 and verse 6, and it says, and gave thanks. When Jesus fed the 5,000 in Matthew 14 and verse 19, it says, and looking up to heaven, he, that's Jesus, blessed it. Okay, he blessed what was there. You know, I, I look at that and I'm going, okay, you know, because I grew up in a home where if you didn't say the blessing, you weren't allowed to eat. Okay, and we tease different times. I, I sometimes at my house, I forget, or my grandsons forget, and we look, and I, I've waited a few times to wait until they get the first mouthful in. And I'll go, Derek, you pray? Go, yeah, Papa, I pray. And I said, well, let's pray together, you know. And Samuel will go, whoops. <laughs> I prayed, Papa, I promise, I prayed. Okay, well, so Jesus gave thanks. You know, before you sit down to eat, you know what you ought to do? Thank God you've got something. Not complain about what it is and that you don't like it, but give God thanks that you have something to eat. Amen? I always thought that was funny. We went to India. <laughs> I'm talking to the, the Christian moms in India, and I asked them, and I said, 
what do you do when the kids don't want to eat the food you put on the table? And they said, we tell them there's starving kids in America who need that. <laughs> they actually said that. That's true. It was quite normal for Jesus to thank the Father. Turn to Matthew 11. Matthew 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and had revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it is so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye labor that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come unto him and learn from him. And what did he do? He thanked his heavenly Father. You see it? Learn of me. Also, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, in John 11, in verse 41, the second half of the verse, it says, And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Now, did Jesus need to do that? No. I and my Father are one. But he was demonstrating the need to thank God. You know, he says, I thank you that you heard me. Then he raises up Lazarus. You know what Jesus demonstrated in his life? An attitude of gratitude. Simple thing to remember. An attitude of gratitude. You can either look at your whole life the glass is half empty or it's half full. Right? The Lord thanked his heavenly Father in his prayers and publicly. Number one, the point is it's the right thing to do. Do you understand in the text, when we learn from Jesus, do you know Jesus, when he was tempted of the adversary, of the devil, of the author of confusion, of the accuser of the brethren, of the God of this world, he could have commanded Satan to return to hell. And he said, when he was tempted, it is written. You know why? Because we need to know the answer in temptation is it is written. It's scripture. So it's the right thing to do to thank God in your prayers. And it's an admonition of scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. Howard Bacon loves this verse. He says, in everything give thanks for this is what? 
the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. As I'm preparing this message, looking at this, I'm having to thank God for allowing my daughter to go through what she's going through. Everything. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? In everything give thanks. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Be careful for nothing. Don't be full of care. Don't be anxious. Don't be pulled down by it. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through who? Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren. See, it depends on what you're going to look at. Finally, my brethren, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of a good report? If there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. It's an admonition of Scripture. He said, even in difficult circumstances. When someone's going through it, please don't just run to them and say, in Romans 8.28, it says, All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to, your, to the, His purpose. You're to weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. You're to bear one another's burdens, not to flip out a verse, or whip out a verse, and beat them with it and say, You know something, you must just not uh, have enough faith in God, and that's why you're going through this. Don't ever do that. If you do... Oh, nuts to you. Okay? In difficult circumstances. I had to, got asked to do a funeral of a woman who's 76 years old. She didn't know she had cancer when she was diagnosed. She passed away in two months. Her younger brother was engaged to one of my sisters at the time. He couldn't even look at her. He didn't know. But I had found out with talking with family members, she had been saved for 15 years. And he didn't know until I preached. He had peace when he left there because he knew where she was in difficult circumstances, situations. Turn to Psalm 69. This is a Psalm of David. Psalm 69. It's also a prophetical Psalm, a messianic Psalm, dealing with our Savior. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. You ever felt like that? I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am come into the deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fail for while I wait for my God. They that hate me without cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being my enemies, wrongfully are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. O God, Thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from Thee. See, that's why David was a man after God's own heart. He was truthful before God. 
Let them not that wait on thee, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. Because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame hath covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also my garment, and I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gate speak against me, and I was a song of the drunkards. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time, O God. In the multitude of thy mercy, hear me. See? Some people, they quit praying before it hits God's acceptable time. In the truth of thy salvation, deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me out of the deep waters. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up. Let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. You ever prayed like that? This is why David's a man after God's own heart. And hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies. Thou hast known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before thee. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. I looked for some to take pity, and there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. Little like Job, miserable comforters. Are ye all physicians of no value? They gave me, see I told you, Messianic Psalm. They gave me gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. You say, why are you asking to read that now? Verse 13 tells us that it is his prayer. Amen? That is for me, my prayer is unto thee. I won't read verse 22, because he's talking about the judgment he wants to come on his enemies. He wants to add iniquity to them. But in verse 29 he says, But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. Look at verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad and your heart shall live. That seek God. I have a note in the side of my Bible. When I, something hits me when I'm reading through my Bible, on the side of that I said, praise and thanksgiving pleases God more than sacrifice. In difficult circumstances, this is a prayer of an outpouring of David's heart. It came over into many of the verses are applied directly to our Savior and what he suffered for us. So you need to be thankful in the difficult circumstances. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. It does not say they are good. It does not say it's easy to go through it. It does not say that it's not painful. It says it works together for good. You need to be thankful in the common things. Turn to the book of Colossians.
In Colossians chapter 2. Talking to believers, because we're going to look at verse 6, and that's what it says. As ye have therefore, what? Received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk ye, how? Rooted. Man, it's taken root. And built up in Him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught. And if you've been rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as you've been taught, what does it tell you to do? Abounding therein with... Thanksgiving. Colossians chapter 3. I wasn't going to read these verses, but I like them, so you've got to hear them anyways. I was going to read at verse 15, but I want to start at verse 12. Put on, therefore, is the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, What are you supposed to put on? That is mercy that emanates from your inner core. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. When God wanted Israel to know who he was, the first word he used was merciful. Put on, therefore, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind. I'm humble and no one can tell me differently. Meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. I don't hold on to things. When I give it to him, I give it to him. Amen? Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Right? Forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man have quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity. And there's a reason the word there is charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be what? Be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, doing what? Giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Matthew chapter 6. I was in awe of the offering that was given to me. And that's why I didn't have much to say on Sunday. Sunday after the meal, it was like, huh? (laughs) Okay, and I want to thank you. Okay. And I will put it to selfish use. So I can stay longer in the woods. That's what it was given for. Amen. Okay. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. 
Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither for your body what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of what? Little faith. Therefore take no thought. See, it's not, it's not saying don't think about it, I don't want you to do that. It's saying like it does in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Don't let it eat you up and keep you on the things and not on him. Okay? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or where all shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take no, therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I want you to be thankful in the common things. In your thankful for God in the, the food that you have. Thankful for God for the raiment that you have shelter. Remember Philippians 4, 6? Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. I thank God for the request I brought before him. For what he's going to do. You know, some people, they, you know, they think they have nothing to be thankful for. I've had someone say it to me. What do I have to be thankful for? And I said, you're not going to split hell wide open. You thankful for that? Hmm? You know, you need to see who you have. Jesus said, if I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Do you see him? Do you see what he's done for you? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many. And I go to prepare a place for you that where I am ye may be also. Okay? Jesus said, My peace I leave unto you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In the common things. Right now you're able to be in this service. Some of you have been in nursing homes before. I've been in rehab before. I'm doing rehab right now. Okay? My wife says, you're either going into an accident or coming out of one. That's the way it's been the whole time we've been married. Visit the nursing homes. Visit hospitals. Talk to a blind person. Try to learn to communicate. I, because of my daughter and some ministry that she had and what she was doing, I went to the New York State School for the Deaf. She was there. She was coaching a volleyball team. They were playing in the same league, watching them. And the funniest thing was is that I can pick out when somebody's bad talking to me in Spanish a little bit, you know what I mean? They, they don't think you know. But I don't know Amslam. And to watch them... <laughs> I'm going, oh man, what would I do if I couldn't talk? Sammy'd cut his throat. 
somebody who's chronically sick. Do you thank God when you're healthy? Hmm? Many people are just so lonely, it eats them up. You thank God when you have somebody? Please do me a favor, men. Never call your wife an old lady. You say, this is my beautiful wife. If you can't do that, ladies, let me know. I'll give you the board to beat them with. I've gone to, to witness the people in mental institutions. Have a loved one that suffers from Alzheimer's. There's in my family. A loved one. Can't remember after you talk to her. Go to visit there in one hour. Ask me the same question 30 times. Same answer. Turns around and asks the same question. Do you thank God for what you have? common things. We all have something we could be thankful for. Do you thank God for special blessings? Special blessings. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. To me, that's like, you know, warm apple cider on a cold fall day. Hmm? When I think of uh, apples of gold, pitchers of silver, that's just a calming, beautiful picture. You, you know, that's what a good word, when you can give somebody a good word, an encouraging word. Not a critique. Not a condemnation. A word of encouragement. Hmm? I look at this, you know, you answered prayers and miracles of God. The first one I had on my list is Judy got saved. <laughs> you, you laugh. I got saved April 10th, 1977. She got saved January 19th, 1978. From then until then, she almost left me. Everything changed so much. She goes, I was going to leave you, but you were just too nice. I didn't know what to do. See, that tells you I wasn't nice before, okay? Not always nice now. She got saved. That's a miracle of God. You know, salvation is a miracle of God every time it happens. Amen? I got to lead my dad to the Lord. I got to baptize him. Miracle of God. Hmm? I got to see my sister Mary saved three months before she died with cancer. I got to watch God answer a prayer when Michael was a baby. And they told us to let him die. Because he was going to be retarded, I can't help it. <laughs> okay? 106 degree temperature, two weeks. Spinal meningitis. Telling the doctors, you do everything you can or I'll own you practice and I'll own this hospital. However, he turns out, if he lives, he's a gift from God. It's a miracle. He wasn't supposed to live. He not only got it once, he got it twice. Spinal meningitis. All my kids are saved. Miracle of God. My grandchildren are saved. Miracle of God. I watched Charlotte Thompson, who was supposed to die, Ray McMillan's mom. 
said she wasn't going to live. I go to the hospital, I anoint her, pray over her. And she looks at me and says, Pastor Legault, I know God can do this for me because I've watched what he's brought you through. I'll fight because you've got to believe he's going to heal you. And I'm not saying you can name it and claim it. She got 15 more years. Got to see some of her grandchildren saved when she was in a Christmas play here at Emmanuel. Miracle of God. Heather's fight with cancer. Man, it could have been over. It's an ongoing fight. It's a miracle. Do you thank God for those fights? For the miracles? In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I had prayed. Oh, I've lost the name. The Old Testament is one of the prayers, prayers of one of the Jabeth, the, the prayer of Jabeth, yes. Enlarge my coast. I became the pastor. Jeff Williams came to us. We started reaching the regions beyond. Brother Paul came to us. We started reaching farther beyond. We have the Viscoms traveling around. They're missionaries out of this church for gospel text missions. We have the Suttons. Art of Alaska. Just talked to a principal last night for the public school system in Port, what? Or Fort um, Point Hope. Wants to call and ask me about Matt Sutton because he's been brought on to come into the school and to teach religion. And they love him, but they had to follow up on. I was, he used me as a reference, silly man, but he did. Okay. Our missionary sees it as a greater way to reach. He says, three of the teachers are saved and go to their church now. But he needed a reference. Talked to the man for about a half hour. He spent, asked me all these questions about him. I kidded with Matt when I texted him back, and I said, I didn't tell him about your earlier axe murder problem and stuff. And he goes, but that was long ago, preacher, laugh out loud. Okay, we're all good now. No, and the man was thankful for God putting Matthew in that village so he could come help in that school. And they, and at that public school, they open with prayer. They open their teachers' meetings with prayer. The school board prays before they meet. So when you think everything is horrible all the time in public school, on nuts, okay? You thank God for that. Hmm? I can remember Mike Viscom wasn't sure he wanted to come to this church. He had to leave because of doctrinal reasons from another church. He came and I said, he goes, you're a little extreme, aren't you? And I said, come visit us. Came to visit and never left. He and Georgianne 
You see those signs all over the place? Well, they're given out all up and down the East Coast. They're given out all the way to Alaska. Hmm? God, I want to reach into the prisons. He brings Mark Behe to us. When Mark can't continue the ministry, Buster and Terry have been faithfully doing that for years. You don't know about that, a lot of that. Part of that's my fault and Pastor Kenny, we haven't read you when he gives us reports of the ones who get saved and how many lessons they do and what's going on in their lives. You thank God for those things, for special blessings? Spend time thinking about a special blessing instead of thinking about what's wrong all the time. A person who is discouraged has a harder time witnessing than a person who is at peace with the Lord. Last verse. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and we'll close. I just wanted to finish this message tonight. I didn't have to go over all those things, but I want you to see. You've got to be thankful in the, the hard times. You've got to be thankful in the common things. You've got to be thankful and look for the special blessings. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Last verse of the chapter. Thanks be unto God for his what? Unspeakable gift. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Good night and God bless.